0: you're joining us online thank you so much for joining us come and check us out in person but we're grateful drop us an email we're really grateful that you've taken the time to listen to us online we do get many uh, thousands of people connecting with us in different ways on the web and around the world in fact But we've been talking about following the cloud, real life. And I started off by talking about the fact that when God leads us, God leads us step by step. God does not speak in whole paragraphs or chapters in our lives, although we would like that. God speaks in sentences. Why? Because we may feel overwhelmed by the plans and purposes that God has for your life. And when we follow him, often what we want is we want spoilers. We want to know, God, what is the future? What is the end? What is the end of the my movie? What is the end of this story, Lord? What is it all about? And the truth is, is that we've got to choose to step in and follow Jesus. The disciples would have missed so much if they had not chosen to step in and to follow Christ. They would have missed the miracles, the resurrection. They would have missed the great moments of his power and feeding the 4,000 and the 5,000. Incredible. If they just said, when Jesus said to them, come follow me. And they said, "Hmm, no thanks. They would have missed all of that. And imagine what you are missing because you are not following Jesus Christ. It is amazing. And when a heart is full of faith, God gives you eyes full of vision for what God can do in your life. But often that journey is difficult because Christ can lead us into areas and experiences and problems and pain that we never thought we would be led into. But you see what Christ does then is that when we come out the other end of it, the beautiful thing is we always know Him far better. And we've got to be willing to say, I am not going to be comfortable. I am willing for Christ to change who I am. I'm willing for him to change my character. I'm willing for him to do that work in my life. And last week I spoke about the change character, about changing our language, about the changing the way we view, about that mat that we find ourselves on from John chapter 6, the man on the mat who had been there for 38 years. And Jesus asked him a question, do you want to get well? Which is the most important question we can ask ourselves. Do we want Jesus to change our lives? Do we want Jesus to move in our lives? Do we want to get off the mat that we've been stuck on and let go of that mat, let go of those shackles, let go of that area of your life that is holding you back and walk with the presence and the power of Christ? So the final uh, session here as we chat is... Is the L. Now, for those of you who are visiting, you may find this a little strange, but we believe that when you become a Christian, you have an intimate relationship with God. That it's a relationship, and the L stands for a listening life. We are what's called conversionists. We believe that, that you can meet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is up close. This is personal. This is what changes your life. And because of that, we believe that Jesus Christ becomes that, that connection, that closeness, and that we can have this, this listening with him. And this is what I want to talk to you for a few minutes about. The thunderous whisper. See, God wants to speak to you out of his thunderous whisper. Often we want spectacular. But you know, we often want spectacular. But what God does, he speaks in the whisper. And when we're on the journey, he is always with us with this journey. You saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son. All the way you went until you reached This place. They were following the cloud, but like a father carries his son, this is the way the Lord leads us. This is the way the Lord guides us. This is the way the Lord shows us. He takes us step by step. Lovingly, the Father wants to be with you. Lovingly, the Father wants to speak to you. He wants to take you step by step. But the enemy has one strategy. He always questions what God has spoken to you, always undermines, always intimidates, always comes and says, These words, did God really say? Did God really say that you were to start that business? Did God really say that you were to serve in that ministry? Did God really say that you would follow that? that um, career path? Did God really say the enemy loves to get in and to, 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 to intimidate? He can only intimidate. Why can he only intimidate? Because Christ won the final victory on the cross over the power of sin, over the power of darkness, and over the power of the devil and death. He won it. So he can only intimidate us only say, really? Did God say that to you? Did God really say that to you in your life? He loves to lie. And yet wherever you follow the cloud where God leads you in life, God will always provide for you as you follow in step. Galatians 2.25, where God wants to lead you and God wants to take you. But I want to talk to you about words of life. Because there's no powerful moment for a human being when you hear the whisper of heaven and God speaks to you about your life, about your pain, about your problems, about your journey, about your calling. That God wants to speak to each one of us. He wants to make himself known to us. He wants to whisper in our ear. He wants to come to us with words of life. And we've got to desire this with all our heart. You see, it's not about the ability to hear God's voice, and we think about technique and ability and so on. What's it really about is about our deep desire for God to engage with us, our deep desire for God to speak to us, to have a hunger that drives us to say, I'm hungry for the presence of God in my life. I don't just want what Jesus offers me, He offers me salvation he offers me forgiveness, he offers me life, he offers me goodness, he offers me communion with God, he offers me his favour. But you know, I don't just want what he offers, this is about wanting Jesus Christ. And some believers turn their faith into just what God offers, rather than it's all about Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. It's about that intimacy, that intimacy with Jesus that comes into our lives and he, he ministers to us and he speaks to us. He comes close to us and that we know that intimacy is real. The worst kind of Christian religion is where there is no living relationship with Christ. If there's no living relationship with Christ, you have death, you have religion, you have You have something that is a poor shadow. It's almost uncomparable to the life that salvation gives you when you give your life to Jesus. That he's your friend. That he loves you. That he travels with you. That he wants to whisper to you. He wants to speak to you about your marriage. He wants to speak to you about the way that you conduct yourself. He wants to encourage you about that situation you're facing. Wherever you are, you and I, when you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, have entered in to the most glorious of relationships with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what it is. It is wonderful and when he speaks but often what we want is we we like the pastor to have a relationship with God. We do. It's really good if our pastor prays. It's really good if our preacher knows the Bible. It's really good if he You know, he's a man of God. We want a good man of God. We want a Moses. But the problem is is that the Israelites wanted a relationship with God through Moses. But God doesn't want a relationship with you through somebody else. God wants a relationship with you personally. And when the people saw the thunderous lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke... They remembered with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Hmm. Well, there's a reason for that. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. This phrase is probably a phrase within evangelical Western Christianity. That although we believe in salvation and conversion and what God offers, what we are in danger of is they stayed at a distance. And it's very easy for us to have a faith, to to engage in church life, to engage in a journey, and yet still we can stay at distance from God. And we want a Moses, we want Moses to be like a spiritual real estate broker. And I'm not, not preaching against real estate brokers, our, our drummers won. So I better be quiet. But we want somebody to negotiate in between rather than us personally taking responsibility for our spiritual life. Let me put it simply like this. We die without his voice speaking to us personally. We die. If you want to commit spiritual suicide, the best way is not to listen to the voice of God. You'll become religious, you'll become Bitter, you'll become resentful. You'll point everything out that is wrong in the world. You'll go a different way of religion, which is death. But when you have the voice of Jesus Christ speaking in your heart, suddenly life comes into you and life changes you. There's nothing more sweeter than the whisper of Jesus when he says something to you. When scripture uh explodes like a pocket rocket. And pew, you go, oh, I've never seen that before. And your heart leaps because suddenly through the scriptures and through the story, God is giving you that now word, that rhema word, that moment of beauty where suddenly, as George Muller spoke, suddenly a door opens up as... And you travel on a journey as God reveals his heart, his love, his grace to you. We've got to be a listening people. But you can't have a real estate broker between you and Jesus Christ. Because when we do that, we miss the important thing that the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are Life. And I'm talking to you about life. That when the Lord speaks to you through his scripture, through his spirit, through moments of, of those glorious moments of, of God-given um, divine moments that make us wonder those Those God instances, those coincidences that you know God's in that. There is nothing more beautiful than that moment when God speaks to us and God ministers to us. Because that that brings that life. It makes that difference. It brings that closeness that changes. See, I've got kids. I've got children here today in the church somewhere. They're pastors' kids, so they could be in the in the loft, uh, you know, because they think they own the place and climbing through. Hi, kids up there! Uh, but I've got I've got them. But my relationship with my kids is 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 wonderful, and and but there are times, you know, if my relationship with them was that I was just doing things for them all the time, but there was no kind of. Uh, um, appreciation and relationship with me, that would be horrible. <laughs> you know, I just get up, I make them breakfast, I drive them to school, I pick them up, I run them to this club, I drop them off at work, I do this, and I run around, but there's no times of real communication. That's just, it's horrible. And you know that. Particularly when they're about fourteen, they get a little bit like that. But then there's those beautiful moments when you, I'm in bed and getting ready because I, you know, I'm old, nine thirty, and 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 Michelle's, you know, there too much information, and and then all of a sudden about eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, boom, in comes a teenager plucks down on the bed, lies there. And then at this time, they decide to speak. I want to go to sleep. I I, I want to kind of go, this is mommy and daddy's special time. (laughs) I don't know. And they start talking and talking and talking. And I'm thinking, oh. You're in my bedroom. But I'm wise enough, man, to know that when a teenager invades your bedroom and decides to speak to you, that that is something wonderful and even more wonderful when the teenager speaks to you, lies around on the bed, and then listens to you. is miraculous. (laughs) See, I've learned very quickly that those interruptions are the most special moments. But imagine if I was a father and I never had, it was just a one-way relationship. Dad, you do this for me and that's it. The danger is that our spiritual life becomes like that. And what happens is as it becomes like that, we lose that sense. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, this is a little lipness test. I can ask you, how well are you doing with your relationship with Jesus? And the truth is this, out of your heart, what speaks? In other words, do you speak about your relationship with Jesus? Do you speak about what God is saying to you currently? Do you speak about how the Lord is at work? Because often we know if God is at work in us by the way that we speak about him. And we all hear God in different ways and our character types and all this. And it's fascinating. But the truth is this, is Jesus really just that that wonderful relationship that we want? Because what God doesn't want is this. He doesn't want you to have a secondhand Jesus. He doesn't want you in your journey. A second-hand Jesus will never give us first-hand faith. And sometimes we have a second-hand Jesus. It's like we hear God through everybody else. We hear God through the evangelist on the TV preaching because he brings the word of God to us. And as he walks along that stage, boy, can he preach it, pastor. By the way, this is the worst time to be a pastor in some respects because you're compared to every great Spurgeon around the world because you can watch them. It's true, isn't it? It's like, oh, did you hear Andy Stanley preach? Did you hear, you know, this person preach? They're amazing. And you're okay, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like tuning into Spurgeon, tuning into John Wesley. Tuning into the great preacher of the age, but that is the age that we're in. But uh, why do I say that? Because there's a danger that you have a second-hand experience in your faith. Because there's a danger that you want to get it like through a Moses. You want to get it through the preacher, through the pastor. You want to get it through a grandparent who you always go to advice. You want to get it through this person. Do not have a second-hand relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This faith is about you and I personally knowing the living God. That's what Christ purchased on the cross. That's what he did. And so we, we have to be careful. It's like playing, do you remember that game we played this kid's telephone? I think the Americans call it broken telephone. They like to explain it a bit more. But it's sort of like you go, you sit in a circle and you whisper and you go, summer's coming. And it goes all the way round, Summer's coming. And it comes out the other end. Summer's been cancelled. Or if there's some little cheeky little 11-year-old boy, he usually changed it to something unrepeatable. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard heard through the word about Christ. It's all about hearing Christ, the message, what God is speaking to you. And we've got to be willing to get into tune with God in tune. Imagine... Peter, you know I love Peter. He's a great character in the Bible. And he's most famous probably for walking on water, correct? Gets out, walks on water. But he did that miracle through direct contact with Jesus speaking to him. You remember the scene. It's about the fourth watch, mid of the night. And Jesus is walking on the water, a divine moment And as he walks on the water, they cry out, it's a ghost. And Jesus says, take courage, it is I, it is not a ghost. It's Jesus, it's Jesus. The boat was probably, you know, sort of the size of this stage. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. I'm not a ghost. And Peter, of course, says, well, if it's you, tell me to get out the boat. And Jesus said, get out the boat. Come. You notice that the conversation was between Jesus and Peter personally. It didn't go like this. Because in the boat there were James and John, sons of thunder, bow urges the word is. Sons of thunder. I mean, how did you get that name? They were like the Bill and Ted of the ancient world or... You know, and they, showing my age, and they said, Jesus said, come, tell Peter to get out the boat. John, and John turns to James. James, yeah, tell Peter to get out the boat and walk on the water. James turns to Thomas, tell Peter to get out the boat and jump in the water gets to Peter, Jesus says, get out the boat. Peter lugs. No, I'm not getting out of the boat. I'm going to sink. No, he's not getting out of the boat. No, he's not getting out of the boat. No, he's going out the boat. Jesus, and Jesus is out there on the water, probably bobbing up and down. Because water moves, doesn't it? If you've been to see Galilee, it can move. And Jesus bobbed down and Jesus popped up. He said, No. He's not coming. Tell him again. You see. The reason he was able to get out the boat and do something remarkable was not because he got the message through this person and that person and that person. It was because Jesus Christ spoke to him personally. And when Jesus speaks to you personally, you can do the impossible in your life. But the danger is you're listening to too many other people rather than listening to... To the voice of God. And so you become trapped. The question isn't, is God speaking? It's, are we listening? For God is speaking all the time says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The very construction of that verse is present tense. We live now by the bread that God speaks to us today, not yesterday, not in the future, but it's that very sense when Jesus rebuked the enemy, he said, I live by the word of God today. We lose our track when we're living by yesterday or we're always looking for something in the future. We have to follow God today, living bread, living manner now. As we ca- follow the cloud in our lives. Because we are his sheep. And he leads us. Whether we turn to the left or the right. We will hear a voice behind saying this is the way. Walk in it. So we need to value his voice. Like Samuel valued the voice of the Lord. Speak now for your servant listen. So let me finish. What are some things I do to hear God's voice? And I've seemed to have touched something and it's gone back to the beginning. There we go. That was magic. That just jumped like pages. It's amazing. I can get I can do this. I noticed actually. Did you notice that song? And suddenly the slide disappeared? That was me. <laughs> See, I may not have all the keys to the church, but I've got this. Slow down. There's something amazing about being still and know that I am God. I've been practicing for quite a while, 20 minutes at the beginning of the day, 20 minutes at the end, just simply slowing down, meditating on a scripture, one scripture, letting the breath of God fill me, and just remembering be still and know that I am God. Remembering, be still and know that I am. Remembering, be still and know. Remembering, be still. And then simply be in Christ. Are you willing to build stillness into your life where you stop and you just allow, as Psalm 1 teaches us, to meditate on the word on his Lord day and night? It brings freedom. It brings life. It brings peace. Engage in scripture because all scripture is God-breathed. Seek him. Jesus went off into a solitary place. When you learn to be in the secret place, God then starts to do supernatural things in our lives. The problem is, is that so many of us avoid the secret place. But it's only in the secret place... Where you really commune with Christ. The secret place is where everything happens. The secret place is your place to hear God's whisper. That secret place built in your heart. Seek him. Pursue godly relationships. Walk with the wise and become wise. We understand that God speaks to us through others in relationship. Always seek confirmation when God is speaking to you. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It's that echo. When you hear God speak, echo, 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 echo. That was terrible. But you get the idea. Glad my wife's not here this morning. She came last night. That you hear God speak, but then you see it somewhere else and you see it through the witness of people around you and you see it here and God speaks. It's called the tripod of listening. Scripture, scripture, confirmation. Moments where God comes and moves and works. That sacred echo in our lives that we ask We listen and we respond in our lives. Ask God what He wants to say. Listen to His voice. Respond with obedience by taking your next step. I wish that God would text message me. Don't you? Always starting. See? God's in the house. He's text messaging one of you right now. And it says, turn the oven off right now because you're going to have burnt offerings. Um, But the unending presence of God gives us the faith to hear the unfailing voice of God. It would be easy if he text messaged me, but it doesn't. It's, It's not an exact science. Why? Because of this We want his voice to be spectacular so we don't miss it. But God wants his voice to be in a whisper so we don't miss him. The spectacular is exhausting. But the whisper, when we see him, is utterly life-changing. And so many Christians burn themselves out with trying to seek the spectacular. When what we need to learn is to seek the whisper. And that the whisper would come. And the whisper comes close to us. And the whisper speaks to us. And the whisper is there. And it's all because of the cross. And it's all because Jesus becomes our friend. And it's our saviour, our Lord. It's all because of his redemptive nature. It's all because there came a day in my life, as in many others, where one day I said, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and change me. I give my whole life to you. If you're not a believer, the message here today is I've hoped to show you that for all of your reasoning, when you become a Christian, you enter into an intimate relationship with Christ. Pursue his voice even in the darkest and most difficult and hardest times. Because his voice is there for you, to guide you, to whisper, to lead you.